You know, things don't always turn out exactly as you planned. Earlier this morning, I watched, I, I walked down this hallway, and as I walked down the hallway, I could look down the other hallway there, and I noticed that our car had just pulled in, and Robin had gotten out with Megan, and they shut the doors, and I could see that they were there, and they were going to walk around to the front door. And so Shane and Sagan were standing out here greeting. So I just walked over to them, and I waited for a second. I said, you know, the next person that comes to that door, I'm going to kiss. And they started, you know, they were kind of looking at me and laughing like, you idiot. And as soon as I said that, I thought, what if Brian Taylor comes through that door next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> now, fortunately, it was Megan. She came around the corner. I saw Megan first. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, we're going to do something in a moment here. I don't know how this will turn out. You know, sometimes preachers try things. They try little stunts. And just don't know how the stunt is going to work. But we're going to try this. And if the stunt doesn't work, bear with me. Okay? But here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to stand up. Okay? And if you're one of those people that says, oh, come on, I don't have to do this. Just live with it for a second. Okay? Have everyone... Oh, this is my notes to my note, uh, myself. Have everyone stand up. Okay? Everybody stand up. And, uh, and then I want you to do this. I want you to, when I tell you to, start saying the name of the street on which you live. Okay? I want you to say it fairly loudly, you know, and just, I want you to keep repeating it over and over again. Like I live, I live on Rundle Ridge Way. And so I, you know, if you, if I was out there, then I would say, Rundle Ridge Way, Rundle Ridge Way, Rundle Ridge Way, Rundle Ridge Way. Okay? Or whatever. Okay? So I want you to say the name of the street that you live on. I want you to repeat it several times. And in a moment, I'll hold my hand up and I'll stop you. Okay? Ready? Go. Okay. Thank you. Very good. Much of nonsense. Okay? But very nice. Okay? I did hear you. You live on Rocky Ridge Drive. Yeah, I can hear you. And you sang beautifully this morning, too. I don't want to embarrass you, but you really sang well. Way to go. What is your name? <laughs> Way to go, Rochelle. Okay, next one. Um, I want you to think of the, the name of your father or mother or a sibling. Father or your mother or a sibling. And I want you to do the same thing that we just did. Ready? Go. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how long they'd go on and on if I didn't put my hand up. Okay, then this time I want you to pick any name at random. I mean, you could do one that you just did. Pick any name at random, and I'll, I'll stop you. I'll hold my hand up, and I'll stop you again. But this time, I've asked someone among you to keep saying the name that they choose. Whatever name, name they choose, uh, I've asked them to continue to say it even after the rest of you have stopped. And what I want you to do is I want you to hear what they're saying... Listen for it. They'll say it loud enough. Listen to what they're saying. And then I want you to begin repeating what they're saying, like in the same cadence that they're saying it. Okay? Got it? Okay. Ready? Go. Okay. Okay, have a seat. Thank you very much.
Let's analyze for a moment uh, what just happened in terms of the communication. And I think there was a fairly recognizable process that took place, kind of normal communication that took place as we went through that little exercise together. The first thing that happened is that Ronnie had to get to the message. And so I went to Ronnie beforehand and I talked to him about this and I said, Ronnie, here's what I want you to do. And Ronnie had to get it. You know, this, this would not have worked if Ronnie hadn't gotten it, okay? So Ronnie had to get it, I had to communicate to him, and he did his job very well. Way to go, Ronnie. The second thing that had to happen was that Ronnie had to start speaking. If he had not spoken, wouldn't have worked. But Ronnie understood, and then he began to speak, and because Ronnie was speaking, eventually this whole thing worked out just fine. The third thing that happened was that you had to be able to hear and there was something very specific that had to occur in order for the, you, the rest of you to be able to hear what it was that he was saying. What had to happen? You had to be quiet, right? You had, you had to stop, in fact, and listen. Like you couldn't just stop speaking and then turn your ears off. You had to stop speaking and turn your attentive ears on so that you could hear what it was that Ronnie was saying. And then after that happened, then you were able to understand and you were able to respond and start saying the name just the way that he was. Now I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to start in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arab. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Which is a very good question. This was a strange event. They had not anticipated this. 3,000 people gathered together there on the day of Pentecost and all of a sudden some guys stand up and they begin to do something that has not happened before. And they're speaking the message of Jesus. But as it turns out, the fellows who are speaking are speaking in such a way that is very odd, very unusual, in fact, unexplainable. They kind of come up with this rationale. Maybe they're drunk. Well, is that what happens when someone gets drunk? That's a strange kind of response. 
You get drunk and you learn a foreign language. (laughs) I don't think so. Something had happened. In fact, what had happened was the Holy Spirit had come on these individuals. And that changed everything. I don't know exactly how this worked. Like, I can't really tell from the text whether the people were just hearing a sound that maybe was Aramaic or Greek, since that would have been what the Galileans were speaking. They would have been speaking Aramaic or they would have been speaking Greek. I don't know if they were, in fact, speaking Aramaic and Greek and those who were hearing heard instead something else in their own heads or if God's Spirit made it so that when these guys spoke, they didn't actually speak Aramaic or Greek, even though that's what they knew. They spoke different languages and people heard their own tongues. I kind of tend to think it's the latter. But it's a little bit hard to say. I know this, though, that it was very unusual. It would not have happened unless the Spirit of God had done something to change this circumstance. The Spirit of God spoke here and did something new and different and wonderful. What I want us to notice is this. First, the apostles had to get the message just the way Ronnie did. And so there were tongues of fire, it says, that came down on each one of them. And something changed within them when they got the message. They were not the same people after this message came to them. And they began to speak in such a way that they had not spoken before. Because the Holy Spirit had come upon these these people and had given them this message. They had to get the message. Secondly, the apostles had to start speaking. Just the way Ronnie did. I wonder about that. It's just amazing to think that there are 3,000 people there. These guys were not primed and ready for this. It's not as if they'd been planning this for two weeks. All of a sudden, they're in a position where there are 3,000 people there. Well, that's the ones that were converted anyway. Maybe there's more. They stand up and just start speaking. And the Holy Spirit moves them to do so. And you get the impression that they they didn't do this on their own. The Spirit was doing this within them. But they had to start speaking. It would have been easy perhaps for them to say, no, I'm not going to do this. Do you know what would have happened if Ronnie would have been quiet? What if Ronnie would have just said, ah, Kelly asked me to do this, but I'm too nervous. I just can't do it. Or what if he would have just passed out? from fright, before he spoke. My whole thing would have just flopped. (laughs) Wouldn't have worked. Nobody would have started saying, Jesus. Nobody would have been speaking the name of Jesus if Ronnie had suddenly just dropped out. These guys decided to speak. And so something significant happens. The people from all the different places had to be able to hear. Now that again, was an act of the Holy Spirit that enabled them to hear. They couldn't possibly have heard the languages that they heard and been impacted by what they were hearing if the Holy Spirit hadn't acted in some way to make it so that they could, in fact, hear. And he does. He acts just that way and changes everything when these people spoke the gospel. And then the people were able to understand and they were able to understand or to... uh, respond. So what was, and I know the answer is obvious, 
But what is the compelling power behind the whole event? What changes this? What makes this event in Acts chapter 2 possible at all? Start to finish. People speaking the gospel and the first sermon is heard and 3,000 people are converted. What is it that makes it possible at all? Only one thing. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. He changes the whole dynamic, the whole situation when he speaks. On January 9th of this week, what day was that? Thursday? I was driving in my car and I was listening to the radio. And uh, I'm listening to some oldie station because that's why I'm old, right? So I'm listening to an oldie station. And they... The DJ comes on and he starts talking about anniversary kind of events. You know, the way they do on the radio. You know, this day, 55 years ago, something happened. And he said, on January 9th in 2007, Steve Jobs made an announcement. Jobs went before the stockholders of Apple in a big meeting the way these guys do. You know, we see Bill Gates do the same kind of thing every time he gives us a new version of Microsoft Word or something. And Jobs stood up and he said, we are going to give you the iPhone. And we are going to change the way that people think of phones. And the DJ said right after that, He was totally wrong. He changed our lives. And I think that's right. Whether you have an iPhone or not, there are an awful lot of people sitting in the room today who have some kind of smartphone. And it does all kinds of things, way more things than what the computers did five years ago. And isn't it the case that many of us, most of us, I think, these days are totally, our our lives are almost governed by these things. Now, if you're one of those people who's not like that and you're thinking, what's he talking about? The fact is you are out of step with most of society. Maybe good for you. But you're out of step with most of where society is going and what they do. People are totally enveloped by these things. They dominate our lives. Jobs was wrong. He totally undershot, underestimated the impact that these things were going to have. It's amazing, really. Well, listen to this description. Oh, I took my marker out. Where am I going to find this? I should check my iPhone. (laughs) Michael, do you know what page it's on? Here it is. Good. Listen to this. This is in a book called The Big Idea by Dave Ferguson. He says, as I type the first words of this book, 14 different windows are open on my laptop. One is my blog, so I can tell the world what I'm thinking. The other 13 are various websites, so the world can tell me what it's thinking. My iPod 
is recharging and hooked up to iTunes, searching for updates of my podcast subscriptions so that I can get the hottest or latest music and musings from my favorite artists anywhere. My cell phone is sitting on the table, no doubt an iPhone, giving me total access to the entire planet and the entire planet total access to me. And the truth is, I love it. We are being bombarded by more and more information every day. Download some of these facts. Every day I get an email from the New York Times that contains more information than the average person in 17th century England was likely to to encounter in a lifetime. As I look at the 14 web pages open on my laptop, I know that 7.3 million new pages are being added to the visible World Wide Web today. And even more will be added tomorrow. While I try to finish this introduction today, 1,000 books will be published. And the total of all printed knowledge will double in the next five years. If I were to start reading right now and continue reading 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, I would never catch up with everything being written. While editing this introduction, I received an iMessage from my assistant, Pat. Just one of the five billion instant messages sent today. My world is now producing nearly two exabytes, whatever that is, of new and unique messages placed in over 260,000 billboards, 11,520 newspapers, 11,556 periodicals, 27,000 video outlets, 50,000 new book titles, and 60 billion pieces of junk mail every year. Our world will make available more information in the next decade than has been discovered in the rest of all of human history. That's amazing. And so in light of that, I have one question. How is it? How in the world is anybody going to listen to our message? How in the world is anybody going to hear us speak? Well, I think Scripture tells us. And I think there's a way. And it looks like this. We have to get the message. We have to hear it. And we have to be changed. We have to become different people in light of what it is that we hear. And the beautiful thing is that we're not alone in this. His Spirit gives us the message. He speaks to us. He instructs us and guides us, and fills us, and transforms us, and makes us new, and different, and empowers us. He gives us the ability to speak. And so we 
can get the message. And we have gotten the message. We've received the good news of Jesus Christ. We've received the gospel. It has come into our lives. We have everything that we need in that sense from Christ and his spirit for us to speak. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You don't have to go there, but there's just this little thorny, pithy section that talks about how the idols in the world are dumb and mute. They don't speak. Oh, but the Spirit, he speaks. And nobody can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit of God. And the point is, is that that's what the Spirit does. He plants within us the ability to say, Jesus is Lord. And when we speak that... The Spirit comes and works and does something. And we're not alone in speaking this. He's with us as we speak it. And so as we proclaim the gospel, the good news about Jesus, something happens. It already happened to you. And when you proclaim it to someone else, it happens again. We don't need to be biblical scholars. We don't have to be perfect people. We don't have to have every bit of information known to us. We just need to get the message to people so that the Holy Spirit can use that message and save them through His grace. And it's not dependent on you, it's dependent on Him. But we have to get the message. One of the beautiful things about Scripture is that when you read Scripture, the Holy Spirit uses scripture and teaches us and guides us and shapes us he's right there with us he's inspired that word and when we read scripture something happens there's an event that takes place between ourselves and god it's a spiritual event something happens to our hearts and our minds ourselves we are transformed we're changed to the point where we can eventually speak because we understand what it is that he is done to us. We have to get the message, but the Spirit wants to give it to us. So this is not a big obstacle. The second thing is we have to start speaking. Just like Ronnie did. He had to start speaking. Just like the apostles did. They had to start speaking. Again, if Ronnie had said, no, I'm not going to do that, the whole thing falls to the ground. But if he says, yes, I will say the name of Jesus... Soon everybody hears it and soon everybody can respond and say the same good word because they've heard his response and his speaking. We have to start speaking. Third, just like in the other cases, there has to be some means of the world being able to hear us. Now, fortunately, again, We're absolutely blessed. This is a possibility for us. The number one way I think that people are going to start hearing us and be able to hear what it is that we have to say is when we start building relationships with them. You build relationships with people and it all of a sudden gives you a hearing. You live well in someone else's life and they start listening. They want relationship like you do. 
And so we have a chance once we hear and begin to build relationships with people to pass on this good word. And the Spirit will use both our relationship and His word to teach them. And that's the second part, by the beauty of the gospel, when we speak it. The gospel is not just any other message. The Spirit specifically uses that message. And you think, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't think I can do this. And the Spirit is saying, don't worry about that. You build a relationship with somebody, you just start talking to them about Jesus and share the gospel with them, I'm going to take care of the rest. And so we don't have to worry. The Spirit wants to do this in our lives for other people so that they can hear the good news of Christ. All he wants us to do is speak it. And then the world around us is able to understand. They're able to respond, to respond in belief in Jesus. Now, just like the case of the apostles in Acts chapter 2, what is it that makes all of this possible? It's not us. It wasn't the apostles. The thing that makes this possible is the presence of the Spirit of God. And the beautiful thing is, if I ask you, if I said to the average person sitting in the pew out here right now, and I said to you, do you have the Spirit with you? Do you have the Spirit in your life? Does the Holy Spirit indwell you the way that Scripture promises so that when you put on Christ, you're baptized into Jesus, you've given your life completely to Him, the Holy Spirit comes and enters your life. Is that your case? Is that your situation? You'd say, yeah, that's me. That's exactly what I've done. Well, if that is the case, then what I've just described is exactly what can happen in our lives. And the Spirit wants to make this happen. And all He says is, I want you to start speaking Put in a good word for Jesus. Build relationships with people and speak about me. And I'm going to do something wonderful. And so church, there's a challenge here. And the challenge doesn't come from me. The challenge comes from the Holy Spirit of God. Will we speak? If we do... He's going to do something wonderful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the presence of the Spirit in our lives. Thank you for the message that we have received. Thank you for the power of the Spirit present in our lives. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to speak to others. Help us to seize them. Thank you for your words in Scripture that empower us and teach us and shape us. Thank you for your Spirit that works through that word. Help us to listen. Father, we pray that as you work in our lives through the presence of your Spirit, that you would enable us to speak, and as we speak, that you'd be there, and that we would see the gospel change the lives of people around us because your Spirit was present in the words we speak. Through Christ we pray. Amen.